Hello. There we go. <laughs> I was thinking um, about prayer this week, and um, my eldest daughter, when we put her to bed at night, often she requests for Daddy to come and have a chatter with her. And I'm thinking how it's kind of like how we're praying with God. She just has a chat with me about what's on her mind and what she's learning that week. So let's have a chatter with God now. God, we hear that we have less than 12 years before we see a dramatic shift in Earth's climate. We are told that there are masses of plastic waste consuming our oceans and now microplastics in our food, sand and soil. We have an ever-increasing issue of waste here in Australia and no sustainable method for processing it. God, it seems the lifestyle we lead is contributing towards short-sighted consumer-led decisions like burning the Amazon rainforest for farmland or drilling for big oil in the Great Australian Bight. I don't know what we're going to do to turn this around, God. Can we, we can play a small part to change our individual choices, but I want to pray for courageous leaders that have influence from all over the world. Leaders who are willing to be bold and act swiftly. We ask specifically that big oil will not even come close to destroying our oceanic nursery in the Great Australian Bight. For our national leader, Scott Morrison, we ask for courage to make courageous decisions and have those courageous conversations. Let him hear you so clearly amongst all the noise to feel strongly convicted by your guidance that he cannot ignore your leading God. For wisdom in strategic thinking, we ask for that as well, God. Give him courage to be bold in letting you guide him, Lord, instead of self-interest leading the direction of our nation. Thanks, Lord, that you are ultimately in control and help us to trust that you see the big picture. We acknowledge that you have made us stewards of this earth. Please help us to do the small things that contribute toward the greater good. Help us not to lose hope or become apathetic. In Jesus' name, amen. All good. Hello, everybody. So good to be sharing with you again this morning. And as uh, Kerry mentioned to the kids, uh, I had it on my heart uh, this morning to speak about uh, the aspect of peace. I think peace is something that we all desire. Peace is something, as uh, um, Adam just prayed about, the world is increasingly in trouble in many different ways. And there is a desire for there to be peace that reigns, not only in our lives, but in our world. I want to begin this morning by asking you a question, and that is, where do you go to find your peace? Where is it that you go to find peace? We have a children's book at home. Many of you might know this story by Jill Murphy, Five Minutes Peace. Uh, If you don't know the story, uh, it, it's funny because it's so real for particularly people who have children. It's the story of a mother elephant who is searching for five minutes peace or a mother who's on the way to church who asks her children for two minutes peace. It's all I ask for. So there's this, this mother elephant uh, who's going to this room and that room and there's noise and there's chaos and there's calamity and there's just so much going on. And at at the end, she decides the way to do it is to go into the bathroom and have a bath 
and there she'll find her peace, this five minutes peace that she's looking for. But the children come in one by one to read something, to recite, to play the recorder, and then by the end of it, they're all in the bath with her, and she is unable to find her peace. I don't know about you, but I relate very well <laughs> to that children's story, and what makes it hilariously funny is how real it is. And like that mother, we all desire peace in our lives. So hands up if you can do with a little bit more peace. Okay, only a few people need peace. Right. Okay, I'm preaching to those people that put their hands up. When you say to people today, how are you going? The most common response is, oh, busy. Busy. It's not, yeah, I'm going great. You know, it's, oh, I'm busy. Oh, things are flat out. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm tired. Life is full and demanding. And in this world that is so fast-paced, we could all do with a little bit more peace. But how do we obtain it? Do we run to the bathtub? Do we lie on the floor, as Sophie suggested? One of the most um, popular apps, you would think, uh, in this day and age of busyness and productivity, you think one of the most popular apps would be something to do with a calendar or note-taking or how to organise our lives. But one of the most popular apps that is downloaded is an app called Calm. I don't know if you knew this. And it's an app that you can program on your phone to have 30 seconds of rainforest rain coming down or ocean waves. So in the midst of your business, you can... Click on calm and ah, rain falling. Ah, that feels nice. And it just goes to show that this world is searching and looking for peace. And just like the children's book, we're all searching for that peace. But how would we define peace? The two examples I gave, the children's book and the app, you would define peace as the absence of noise or the absence of conflict or the absence of trouble. That peace means that we don't have those things in our lives, that we, we remove ourselves from the trouble, the noise, the calamity in order to gain peace. But there's a problem with that definition. Because if I look at the heroes of faith through the ages and through time, if I look at the lives of people such as Bonhoeffer or Mother Teresa or Martin Luther, the Apostle Paul, even Jesus himself, you would not say that these lives were lives that were defined by the absence of conflict, by the removal of trouble. And yet, and yet, all of these people displayed a sense of inner peace in their life that we all search for. And that's one of the reasons why they write their name in the history books. It's these great men and women of faith that in the midst of trouble, in the midst of conflict, they have this inner peace, this assurance that the, the world doesn't, doesn't touch them and doesn't take their peace. That's the sort of peace we're actually desiring. 
Picture this scene. There's a hurricane happening in a harbour and there's boats that are tossing and turning with the waves. Uh, there are people running for their lives. The waves are, are crashing over the, the, um, you know, the pillars and stuff onto the houses and starting to de demolish houses. Um, there's just chaos and wind and waves and wild weather. And it's a storm. Now, go down beneath the waves and beneath the ocean, 20 feet below, and the fish are swimming around underneath the water, actually oblivious to what's above them. And deep below the ocean, there's a serenity and there is a peace. And there's something in that picture that is true. And that is we desire a peace that is deeper, an inner peace, a personal peace, a peace in our heart, despite the storms that are raging around us, despite the circumstances that are out of our control, despite the things that people have said to us that have hurt us, despite the things that we have done that we're ashamed of, despite the noise, despite that life is full, there's kids, there's work, there's stuff going on, there's actually a deep, deep inner peace that cannot be taken away or is not affected by the storms that is around us. In John, Jesus speaks of such a peace. And just to explain the context, at the end of John, starting in chapter 13 and ending in chapter 16, is a long discourse where Jesus, um, before he goes to um, the cross, has his final time with his disciples and he lets it all out. And he explains how he's needing to go away, but he's not going to go away because the Holy Spirit is going to come. But he's needing to do such things in order to bring about uh, what he's come on earth to accomplish. And it's in the midst of explaining that he needs to go away and come back and that the Holy Spirit is going to come, that he says this, All this I've spoken while still with you, but the advocate, that means the person that comes alongside us, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said to you. Then he says this, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, and I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. Jesus in this passage distinguishes between a peace that the world offers and a peace that only he can give. In fact, the NLT translation brings this out even better. It says, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. Oh, yes. <laughs> What a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So there's this distinction between what Jesus offers and anything that the world offers when it comes to the notion of peace. So do not be afraid and don't be troubled. 
See, true peace we can only find when we come and receive his peace. That's because the peace that the world offers, five minutes peace, peace running here, there, is actually elusive. It's, you might find five minutes peace, you might find two minutes peace, but very quickly it's over. And again, the trouble, again, the chaos comes. We might be able to escape from noise, but more noise is coming. We might be able to run from conflict, but more conflict is coming. The peace the world offers is something that comes and goes and is never fully here. That type of peace will never satisfy, never satisfy because of this plain fact. And I'm sorry to break it to you, everybody. And if you're hearing this for the very first time, let me break it to you slowly. In this life, you will never escape conflict or trouble. In this life, you will never escape conflict or trouble. Think about it. If we are seeking peace by removing ourselves from conflict, then we'll probably have to give up on the notion of being married. Okay, give that one up. Don't ever have children. Don't ever have children. Like, if you're seeking that sort of peace, the world, no, no children. Definitely no children. Oh, and by the way, what are you doing here? There's people here in church. Give up on the notion of coming to church because people are people. And where there's people, there is conflict and there is tension. But that's the way we're designed for. So what is the peace that Jesus offers it is confident assurance in any circumstance, the peace of God that comes to us as his spirit fills us with his presence. You see, a peace that the world offers is a peace of running away. Peace that Jesus offers is a peace that, of coming to. We, we run away from conflict or trouble, but... The peace that Jesus offers is a peace that he comes to us and we come to him. So the biblical understanding of peace is simply this. In the Old Testament, the word that we get from peace is a, peace, is a word that many of you would know, shalom. In the New Testament, in Greek, it is irene. I think that's how you say it. I just put a little bit of an accent on there to make it sound more... Important. Now, these two words basically mean the same thing. And it might be different to what you actually think. It means to be complete, to be sound, to be made whole, to live well. Such a complex word words and it is so complex in fact that when the word shalom or irene are used the NIV translators have used 70 different ways of translating this concept depending on the context in which it's used 70 different ways in which 
this concept of being complete or being made whole is used. So in Joshua 8, shalom is used to describe a stone with no cracks. It's whole and it's well. Shalom can also mean, excuse me for a second. Shalom can also mean a stone wall with no gaps and no missing bricks. Now I know this is not stone, but here is a wall that I created earlier with no missing pieces and no gaps. So this is, this could be described as shalom. It is whole. It is complete. Now a wall is complex and it has many pieces to it. A bit like life, yes? Life is complex with many pieces to it. And yet this wall is in a state of completeness. It has shalom. See, life is complex and is full of many moving parts. But if one or two parts are out of alignment, or we have some bits even missing, no longer do we have peace, shalom, but our life begins to break down and we lose our shalom. Life no, is no longer whole and it needs to be restored. In fact, when shalom is used as a verb, that's precisely what it means. Shalom means to make complete or to restore. I am shaloming this wall. I am restoring it to how it should be. Now, straight away, I'm sure you can see the life application here. When Solomon rebuilds the temple, that's where that word is used. He rebuilds it. He shaloms it by what was broken and restoring the temple to its former glory. In our relationships, to heal and to reconcile is to bring shalom. The prophet Isaiah when he prophesied about Jesus' coming, said that he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Shalom. Of the greatness of his government and his shalom, there will be no end. So Jesus is the coming of Irene. So this concept of restoration and wholeness makes sense when we actually understand what Jesus has come in this world to do as the Prince of Peace, as our Irene, Jesus has actually come to restore our broken relationship with the Father. He's actually come to mend and make whole that which was broken, that which our sin had caused there to be a gap. Now Jesus rebuilds the brick bridge to which we can walk over. Jesus brings about shalom for us. 
That is the gospel of reconciliation, that he has restored, he has mended, he has brought back that which was broken and that which we could not mend ourselves. This is why Jesus, um, when he first appears to his disciples, do you know the first thing he says to him? The disciples are in the locked room. He's appeared to Mary and other people, comes into the room where the disciples are meeting. First thing is he says, peace be with you. In other words, it's done. It's complete. A bit like his words from the cross. It is finished. I have actually brought about restoration, peace. You now have peace with God. I have made it possible because I've rebuilt that which was broken. And so because of that, we can say, like in Romans 5, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, what Jesus has done, we have shalom with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we can declare that we have not peace with God. <laughs> we have peace with God because of what he has done, because of the way he has restored that which was broken, we can now come into that relationship that we also desire and so need in our lives. What an amazing thing that Jesus has done for us. We were so lost, so broken, our lives falling apart, unable to actually access a relationship with our Creator. But Jesus has come and he has restored and he has made it new and he has reconciled us and he has brought us back to the Father. Thank you, Jesus. Some of you might be saying, well, that's very theological and that might be great for my salvation. But what about the storms that are still raging? Yes, it might be nice to know that Jesus has done this for me and I have access to the Father and I have peace now with God. But what about this life that I'm living? What about the trouble? What about the noise? What about the conflict? And we don't only have peace with God, but we actually obtain the peace of God in our hearts. And this comes to us through the Holy Spirit as he comforts and he heals, he reconciles, he makes right, he gives us confidence. Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, actually comes into our lives. And we talked before about we might actually have a missing piece in our life and we might search high and low but there's actually an, an incomplete life without the Holy Spirit actually coming to indwell us and actually make his home in us. And as he does that, he brings his peace to bring us restoration and wholeness and completeness. 
some of you might be looking at the brick wall and thinking, man, I'm just so aware that my wall looks so out of place. <laughs> it's got so many missing bits and it just looks like it's breaking down with all that's happening around me. It's not as it should be. And so we search for peace. And if we search for peace in the way that the world offers, we search by running away from the reality of what our life looks like. We try to pretend it doesn't exist. We'll either run to something that's addictive or something that is harmful in order to hide the fact that our life looks broken. And so we run and we escape and we hide the reality of what our lives are actually like. Jesus says, my peace I give to you and I don't give as the world does. My peace is one where I come and I rebuild and I restore and I make whole and I make complete. Friends, if we only seek an absence of conflict, running away from trouble, if we only seek that sort of peace, then we will never be satisfied because we'll completely remain broken, despite where we run to. It is only by coming to Jesus and saying, Jesus, I can't even rebuild this myself. I'm, I'm so broken. I've got so many missing pieces. I'm all over the place, Lord. But will you send your spirit into my life? And will you begin to feel and restore and make whole that which was broken? Will you mend me? Sounds corny, but will you complete me? <laughs> and bring about the wholeness and the peace that I so desire. Because when we're broken and when we're all over the place, the storms of life will rage around us. And if we're not solid, they're going to just knock us over. The peace that Jesus offers is a peace that comes and says that he's actually the cornerstone and he builds our life upon the rock. <laughs> so that when the wind and the waves come and the storms rise up, they're still there and they're still real but they don't have the power to knock us over because we're strong in the Lord. We have obtained a peace that can only come from him. And no weapon formed against us shall prevail against what he has built in us. And greater is he that is in us that is in the world. That is the peace that Jesus gives us. And it is a free gift. It's nothing that we earn, 
It's nothing that we can say we are able to obtain of our own merit. Jesus says, my peace I give to you. 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 Pray this morning you would know his peace, that you would know his presence, that you would know that he is doing something in your life as you offer your brokenness to him and as he rebuilds it so that in the storms of life no weapon formed against you shall prosper. I'm going to invite the music team up and as we do that I'm just going to pray and I'm just going to ask that the peace that Jesus speaks of through the power of the Holy Spirit would actually be present and real this morning. And I want you to think about what your life might be looking at the moment. There might be a peace that's missing or there might be a peace that you're aware of your thought life or your, your habits or your relationships and there's bits that are broken and bits that need mending and you've tried or you've tried to run away but this morning, would you come and just say, Lord Jesus, will you take these pieces and would you do something with them? Would you grant me your peace as you send your spirit into my life to rebuild, to restore and to make whole? Will you stand with me? Lord Jesus, we thank you that you have come and that in your coming you have brought shalom. That you have reconciled us to the Father. That there is a mended way. And because of that we can have peace with God. But Lord, we know that this life is full of trial and pain and suffering. And if we look at our life we can see so many pieces out of place. So many broken relationships. We can see holes that we've tried to fill with stuff. But Lord, we know deep down it's only you that can fill them. Lord, as we offer these things to you this morning, we ask that your spirit be present right now in this place. And Lord, would you come and would you fill us with your presence and in doing that, would you fill us with your peace? Will you bring about wholeness, completeness and the restoration that we so desire and need in our lives that we might live for you, that when things rage around us we might stand firm knowing that you have put us together and that you hold us together and that you are the cornerstone on which our life is built. Jesus, would you come now and give us your peace. Jesus, come now. Give us your peace as only you can give. As only you can give. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to close now. We remain standing. And just as you continue in that posture, 
of offering yourself and opening yourself up to God. We're going to sing this song, A Peace in the Storm. Your voice I will follow. I continue to ask that you would just continue to open yourself up and just continue, allow this song to minister to you and allow Jesus to actually do a work in your heart. Let's stand and sing.